Awesome. Well, y'all look good. You feel good? Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, my name is Kyra Redding, and I have the honor to lead alongside my awesome husband um, this amazing church. Come on. We had 20, almost 20 superheroes just come through our volunteer super steps. Let's celebrate them. So you're going to be like, man, I see more superhero shirts than what is going on? That's good. That means we are a church on the move, okay? That means we are a church that's about to make a difference, okay? So I love it. So I celebrate all the new superheroes who are serving here today. We love you, and just know that we see you. We see you. Um, so let's welcome our online family, you guys. Let's celebrate them in. Yeah. I want to share this quick story. Is that good? Are you guys going to let me share? Okay, awesome. So we were in Myrtle Beach this past week, and it wasn't to be on the beach, okay? Um, as much as we may have loved it. We probably were there, maybe an hour the total week that we were there. But our oldest son was there for a Cal Ripken baseball tournament. And I'm talking about two to three games every day, five days, a, you know, five days. It was a lot of baseball. It was so much, it was so good. So we go to Marco's Pizza. Do y'all know about Marco's? Does anyone? You see? Come on now. We need, hello. Somebody franchise Marco's Pizza, please. You will make a lot of money in Montgomery County, Maryland. I'm just saying. And it's just so good. It's like, I know it's on the come up. So we go into Marco's Pizza, and we order a cheese pizza. And my husband, who's awesome, um, you know, we're reading about James. So he, he, there's a lady who comes in, and she's like, come. You can get ahead of us. You know, that's good. So awesome, babe. And he was nice. And then he greeted the, the people who were waiting on us. And, and then he just said, hey, do you know how long the pizza's going to be? Because we kind of have a game in 30 minutes. Um, and then all of a sudden, this lady out of nowhere, she goes, Pastor Joshua Redding? Y'all, we're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay? She's like, I know that's your voice. And I'm like, my shepherd, right? My sheep know my voice, right? Like, come on, how cool is that? She's like, I moved down from the Montgomery County area to Myrtle Beach, and I still watch you guys every Sunday online. So, oh, come on. Like, you, you may see just what's going on here, but there are people chiming on in California, in New York, across the world, in Florida. Mom, I love you. Like, we have people chiming on, so it's not just here. We're making an impact across our nation. So how's cool? So I didn't get to your name, which so bad. I was just, so, I was in shock, you know? Jay was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And, um, but girl, we love you. We should have taken a photo, but welcome to church this morning. So let's celebrate, guys. Yeah. So good. Awesome. So we're going to be in James 3. Uh, we've been in James, whew, I don't know, has it been five weeks? It's just been so good. And we've been chopping it up uh, verse for verse, and we've had some awesome people come through our house. How about that? How about Pastor Ken Hester last weekend? Yes. Man, I love him and, and his wife Ashley and their family. They're just amazing. They've been there for our family in so many ways. Pastor Ken spoke faith into us even before we moved and Highlight was 501c3 incorporated. Like He's been along this journey and has seen this church go from what it was to where it is, and he's going to be with us along the journey. So Pastor Ken and Ashley, we love you guys so much. So we're going to be in James 3. 
And we're going to read it in NLT, and then we're going to go to another version, okay? So you guys ready? All right. We're a note-taking church because we want to pass the test when it comes. So let's take some good notes, and let's dial in right here. Um, Let's just pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to just dive into your word and to teach your people. Uh, Father, we pray for every heart to be opened. God, for every eye to see, for every ear to hear in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray against the enemy as he attempts to attach himself or try to steal seed. He is not welcome here. God, I know that this is a word that is meant to go down into the depths and change us from the inside out. So Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. All right, so let's do this. James 3, we're going to be in verse 1. You guys ready? Awesome. I love that I see your booklets out too. That's cool. All right, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And everybody said, ooh, ooh. (laughs) I know we can read that and be like, oh, that's for pastors. And that's for every leader and like group leader. No, 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 no. I'm going to level out the playing field right here, right now. Because if your grandpop was sick in the ICU and you were the only voice to share the gospel, you are a teacher of the word. So you've got to be ready in and out of season. It's not just for us. Some theologians may disagree with me, but I'm telling you, we are called to live differently. Okay? So I'm I'm leveling out the playing field. Let's go to verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. So James is saying, like, put all the wickedness in the world, it is right here. That's loaded, if you really think about that. That is loaded. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes, oof, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my dear brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. It's loaded. I know. I know. It's loaded. You know, when Pastor was going through, like, week one, we're going to do this, these verses, week two, and then we're going to have Pastor Chow preach, and then week three, week four, Pastor Ed, Pastor Ken, I just, it's like we had a moment in his office, and I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I'm like, babe, we're becoming one. Let's get this right. And then I said, controlling the tongue. He's like, the tongue. And I know it's not, because he knows I have a problem. 
It's because I know I have a problem. <laughs> right? I tell people, like, I'm Latina, and I got the Latina swag. Yes. I'm also a mom of two boys, so I, I got to raise my voice up. And then my mama raised me. Okay? So this right here, I know it's an issue. So I'm not coming to you from a place of like, I got it all together, let's do this, I'm better than everyone. No, again, we're leveling it out. Because I want you guys to hear my heart, I want y'all to truly be transformed, I want you to get this word into the depths of your soul so that you can change, so that we can change, so that we can be better. All right, so we're gonna do this. We're gonna go through the Passion Translation. It's one of my favorite translations right now. I truly believe that you should get the Bible app, have a physical Bible, we're going to talk about this thing, and you should read the King James Version because it's going to make you feel smart, okay? <laughs> Thou, thee, and the this is, I promise you, you're going to feel like royalty, okay? And then you're going to flip over to read NLT because that's what we read here at Highlight Church. Um, and then pick, pick something you love. The message is awesome, but right now, I love the Bible app. And look, Siri's asking, do you love the Bible app? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, okay, so let's do this. We're going to go through James again, chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to be in the Passion Translation. You ready? All right. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church, since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. We all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet, if we're able to brittle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way, and that means our character is mature and fully developed. Horses have bits and brittles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. We're seeing it on the West Coast. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body, and it is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Your words go far beyond you. Yeah. Let's think about this. We're still reading speeches from Abraham Lincoln. They're written on the memorial, right? We're, we're still seeing and, and hearing the voice of Jesus being echoed with prophecies being fulfilled. Your words go beyond you. The words you speak in your marriage, your kids are hearing. Yeah. And then they pass it to their kids wow. and their kids. Your words go beyond you. Verse 7, for every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land, we have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. This is key. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. We do this a lot in church. Verse 10, out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute 
and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow from the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. I know that that's loaded. And I, I'm sure that we're reading that right now. And we're like, ooh, I just said something this morning, Jesus. Please forgive my soul. I'm going to hell because I, I've been there. I've been there. Year one of my salvation, I was like, oh, I have a problem, Lord. And this is getting me in trouble. So that's the dilemma. It's our tongue. And I don't want us to think about the tongue as just the words, right, that we speak. No, 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 no. It's bigger than that. It's your tone. Because you can say something nice, and it just comes all nasty, right? It's just like Latina swag just coming out, okay? I know. Yes, thank you very much for making me 10 minutes late to my meeting, barista, right? No, 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 no. It's the tone, the motive, right? The motive. But you, you can tell your spouse, sure, I'll do that. But in your heart, you're just like, you should have done it a week ago. And now I'm having to clean up your mess. Right? It's the motive. It's the motive. So it's not just what we say. It is the motive. Okay? Words about ourselves, are, they also get us in trouble. How about the boasting? Ooh, my men. Mm, right? Girls, we fall into this too. But mm, I'm going to boast about myself because y'all need to know about what I just did. Right? Or the exaggeration that we put into our words or our situations, right? Or, or, or how about when we criticize others or we gossip or we slander or we're, when we're two-faced, we're one way in church and then it's like on the way home, you know what you're doing. We're, we're adjusting all of that. Because here's the thing, I know <laughs> I am guilty of it too. I'm not perfect. But we are called to be different, church. Another one here, yeah, flattery and insincere words meant to gain favor. We do that. We do that just to one-up. James is addressing it all. Proverbs 10, 19 through 21, let's read this. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I, I didn't say it. That was the word. It may have been the translation, but it was the word of God, right? Um, so when your friends are acting cray, like, just, just say, hey, too much talk leads to sin. So be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I, I didn't say it. It's in here. Verse 20. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Proverbs 18.21. It's one of our faves. Many Christians quote it. Are we living it? The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And then we got to go to the red letters of Jesus because he just he cements it. He just like, if nothing else, you go to the red letters and you get this meat. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And here's Jesus. He's talking to Pharisees, teachers of the law. But again, we can't read this text and take us out like, oh, but I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a teacher of the law. He's talking to all of us. 
verse 33, he says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruits will be bad. You broad of snakes. That's a tongue right there. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. We just did white robes. And so if you weren't here for our end time series, you've got to go back, podcast, YouTube, look up white robes. It was awesome. But I'll tell you this, like I get to this verse and I hear Jesus in the red letters and I'm like, I fear and I tremble, but it's a good thing. Because that's when the Holy Spirit can come and convict us. Because it's every word. Every word. It's almost like he's, he's in heaven and the angels are assigned to whoever and they're just, okay, I'm going as fast as I can because she's angry today. Oh my God, we, we got to, oh Lord, like she's really upset. Every idle word. And I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit to convict me in a moment. Right before I fired off, uh 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 uh, Kyra, I've called you to a higher standard. And we're going to get into this today because I want to give us practical handles. I know it's a dilemma, I know that it's heavy, and we all have the issue. So we need to figure out what can we do, right? To be better, to, to be Christians, to be set apart. So this message is titled Watch Your Mouth. Let's go. Watch your mouth. From a spiritual mama in the house, right? Oh, Jay was sitting in the front row. Sometimes he'd be saying stuff. I'm like, watch your mouth, boy. You know, like, because there's some words, dang. But in the middle, like, sometimes the way that it said, I'm like, watch your mouth, Jay. Um, it's just so funny. So anyways, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. So turn to your neighbor and say, fresh breath is important. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I wasn't convinced. Turn to your neighbor and say, fresh breath is important. Yeah, I hope that they brush their teeth this morning, yes, and maybe have some gum and a Tic Tac, yes, yes. So on that note, let's turn to the other neighbor, the other person you did not come here with, and let's say this, do you have some Tic Tacs? There you go. <laughs> All right, so just something really funny about Pastor, I love him. But let, let me tell you, he carries Tic Tacs like in his front pocket, in his side pocket, in the back pocket. And then, you know, we have to take off our clothes and we often forget what's in our pockets. And they land like everywhere. I'm talking about in our bedroom, on the floor, like they're just everywhere. And the kids be like, oh, daddy's Tic Tac. And they throw it in the trash, you know. So like fresh breath is important in our house. <laughs> Oral hygiene, it's important. So I have some goodies. You guys ready? You ready to interact with me and not leave me alone up here? Yeah. You ready? You ready? Because remember, if you come to Flourishing, I'll tell you, we're a big old living room. All right? You understand? Okay, because you're probably in your living room. I'm in there too. Let's go. <clears throat> How about this for some fresh breath? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listerine. <clears throat> Sometimes Listerine be so fiery. It's like, I can't. You know, it's, it's just, it's a lot. Listerine. So kills 99.9% .9 of germs that causes bad breath, plaque, and gingivitis. You know, most of our bad germs are on our tongue. Isn't that crazy? Okay. Directions. Rinse full strength for 30 seconds. 
I can't even get past 15. With 20 mLs, who is measuring? Two-third fluid ounces or four teaspoonfuls? Okay, I just filled a cup. I, that's, I, that's what I thought you had to do. Uh, maybe it is a 20-ounce cup. I don't know. Um, morning and night, so that's twice a day. Twice a day, 30 seconds. All right, we got some directions. Do not swallow, please. Don't swallow the Listerine, okay? That's bad. Well, Listerine is like the word of God. So we have to wash our mouth with the word. It just gave us directions. said 30 seconds, twice a day. And I'm guilty of it, but some of us won't be in our words for not, not even 30 seconds in a day. And then I have people who will call us, my marriage is on the rocks, we're struggling, or, you know, I, I, I failed again, you know, in my singleness, I didn't keep my purity, whatever it may be. And the first thing Pastor and I will always ask you, are you in your Bible? And oftentimes, the answer is no. It's like the word just goes out the window. When this is the solution to washing our mouths and our bodies to make us pure and righteous, this is what's going to get us there. So we have to wash our mouths with the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So some of us have been Christian for 20 years, and we take the word for granted still. Some of us have been Christians for maybe a couple months, and we don't understand the power of it yet. I know. I'm leveling the playing field because I fall into that too. But it is the word of God that will get up in your soul and get up in your life it is alive and it is active. It's not some book that's supposed to collect dust in the corner of your room. And it literally, you open it and it begins to breathe and pulsate. There's life. There's blood in it. There, there's a heartbeat. Like, it, that's how you have to see God's word when you begin to intake it. Every word that you pretty much take in, it's going into the depths of your soul. And it's giving you answers, solution, wisdom correction, yeah. rebuke, yeah. and it's taming this all at the same time. Let's go to James 1, 22 through 25. We were here a couple weeks ago, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. So it's as if we have a Listerine bottle in our bathroom, and it just sits there in the corner. And like you go, you, you do your thing, and you're like, I should end off with that. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. And you just kind of open it, and then you just pour it down the sink. Okay, I did, I did it. I did the job today. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't follow the directions. We didn't take the time. We didn't journal. We didn't allow it to come in. We didn't allow it to correct us. We used it at a window and say, that's my wife. Yep, I, th my kids need that word. Or my coworker needs this word. No, 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 no. God is saying, use it as a mirror. What do you need to change? 
Maybe your heart's hardened. Christians, even after 20 years, can still have hard hearts. And he's trying to break it in this season. And you're still coming up stiff. Do we have mirrors to allow the word to marinate so that we can be good spouses and great friends and great teachers and great, like, parents? We need the word of God. You know, when I gave my life to Christ, I'm telling you, it's the Latin swag. It's just all of it, okay? I was a single mom, and I had so much brokenness, so much pain in my life. Um, pretty much a drunkard, you guys. That I was just living day to day. It was hard. I was in nursing school trying to get my son to a better place. And the Lord met me. He just met me, and he washed me clean. And my tongue was bad. It's like, I don't understand, but I used to call all my best friends the B word. What? Oh my God, why do women do that? It's so filthy and nasty. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad. But anyways, the Lord cleansed me. And, and, and then I was baptized. So if you're getting baptized today, awesome. If you're thinking about it, let's go. Like, let's get these baptisms kicked off. And so a month after my baptism, I just knew that this was a problem. And it was getting me in trouble. And I was way too quick to speak, right? Not slow to listen. And it was getting me in trouble. And I said, okay, Lord, I repent. I need, you to, I need you to wash me. I need you to clean me. And he sent me on a journey. And all he said was James. And the, the awesome thing about God is he can give you just a word. And the fullness of it is just like you understand the grandness of it. Because that's how God is. He speaks to you personally. And I knew when he spoke James, it was, I need you to go to this park at 3 o'clock every day for five days and I need you to read all five chapters in one day and I need you to walk the park for a full hour until you get your kid and you need to stop and you need to pray in that park and you need to ask me to take away a lot of the muck that the world has put on you and so I did that 30 days going through James and I would stop and I would pray and I'd probably look like a crazy woman but let me tell you it is the reason that I'm standing here today it was that season that God pruned me and worked on this thing that was getting me into trouble and still today it, it, I, I need the word I need the word in order to be able to wash my mouth and then something practical that I don't think we do enough you guys ready all right, so I have a bag. Okay, let's see what else is in this bag. Let's see. Okay. Uh-huh, here it is. I got it. Okay. It's a button. All right, I'm going to put this away. That's a button. And oftentimes, we need to take a pause. I love it. We need to take a pause. We don't take a pause often enough. We're just ready for like the next event, the next word, the next situation. We don't take a pause. And so this is a practical handle that you literally go, go get the button, it's staples, and just press it when you need to, or go order a button on Amazon, and, and just begin to put this into your life as a daily practice. And, and my marriages, okay? We need women, we need our husbands to, we need to let them lead. Let them lead. Husbands, we need you in your word, but we need to let our husbands lead and guide us. Let them work it out, let them tussle, and then encourage them along the way. Give them words that are going to push them into everything God has given to them and wants for them. We as women have to back them up with their helpmate. So sometimes we need to take a pause. 
And we don't do it enough. Oftentimes, I have to remind myself, Kyra, you're being a little Jezebelic right now, girlfriend. Can we be real? Where I try to run things in my house and get ahead of my husband. No, 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 no. That's not the place that God has put me in that marriage. And so sometimes I have to have an inner dialogue with myself and take a pause. How about with the kids? Right? With the kids. Oh, and husbands, wait. You're not in the clear. (laughs) We are emotional creatures. Yeah? We cry. And we love big. And we have feelings. And we just need you guys to take a pause and listen to us. Because we also have things called hormones. And I can preach an entire message on that, but I won't. (laughs) Some of you are probably hot right now, just like I am. (laughs) And we've got to take a pause. My men, like, you've got to pause. Listen to your wives. Sit down at the dinner table. Once the kids have gone to bed, you can't talk while they're running around, okay? Let me tell you, you just can't. Have a conversation. Hear them out. Why are they crying? Why are they worked up? Maybe it is hormones, but give them that space. We need to take a pause instead of being so quick to speak. James 1.19 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. Let's say this. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Say it again. Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time online. Quick to listen, slow to speak. With our kids, my word, what do we need to just say a prayer in the morning and ask God to give us the grace and the strength to deal with the kids in the day? It's a lot, parents, I know, especially after you work long hours and you come home and they're like, yeah, they got all this energy and you're like, where is all this energy coming from? Would you just nap with me? But no, they're ready to run a marathon, okay? And what I have had to remind myself is, Kyra, the Holy Spirit, he just, Kyra, Take a pause. Speak life over your kids. Speak wholeness over your kids. We were just at Cal Ripken, like I said, and we were in Myrtle Beach. And again, like, it was baseball game after baseball game. I mean, I think we played like 12 games in a week. I don't know, maybe even more. And, you know, Jay is an awesome defensive player. What? That boy will run after that ball in that outfield and do like a duck and a dive, and he's like catching stuff. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it sends the parents, yeah, just screaming. He's awesome. And then he'll get at bat, you know, and sometimes he'll struggle with the at bat. It's hard to be at bat. I'm just saying. These MLB players have like a nothing average. And, and sometimes he'll come off the bag or, or whatever, and he's just like downcast. That is not the time for me to correct him. <laughs> or tell him what he missed, or what he didn't do. And I tell him every single time, kid, I love watching you play. I love watching, I have so much fun watching you play, Jay. And when he misses and he he gets strikeout, he tells me it's the worst to hear. I tell him, Jay, it's a thousand at bats. It's a one in a thousand at bats, Jay. You're gonna get another time to be able to take that ball and send it. So what are we speaking over our kids, especially in the moments when they're beating down on themselves. We're called to speak life into our kids. Our babies, we're called to speak life. Even when they're adults, we're called to speak life into our children. Our singleness? (laughs) Singles, you are called to speak life into your singleness. 
don't allow Aunt, don't allow Aunt Meryl to show up into Christmas and be like, child, well, why are you single again? What's going on? No, 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 no. You are loved by God. Jesus is your person. <laughs> he is who you need. And actually, you have more time for yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so sometimes we need to take a pause, even in our singleness, because we beat down on each other even way too often. Enjoy it, because it'll come. If you're meant to be married, it will come. So enjoy the time that you have, please. In ministry, I have this thing called Wait Till Wednesday because things can happen in ministry and in the house of God. There is no perfect church. We're a healthy church here at Highlight, but there is no perfect church. And so I tell my leaders, wait till Wednesday. You don't have to solve it all there right now. God needs to come in, give you the wisdom. You got to pray about it. You need to wait, wait till Wednesday. So you got to take a pause, even in your ministry. And again, over yourself. You know, like I was on fire with my workout routine and getting fit and all the things. And then all of a sudden the fire happened in our house <laughs> and there's been nothing going on. It's been so hard. So I may go by the mirror and I take a pause and I speak one, Psalm 139, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That I am God's marvelous workmanship, made in his image. There is no flaw in me. I literally pray that every day. So you, even on yourself, cannot go up to a mirror and begin to just talk negative, Nancy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Men, you were made in the image of God. Stand up right and stand up tall and take what he's given you. We cannot allow this world to dictate who we are. You are God's and you are loved and you are chosen. So you've got to speak life and not death. I have one more thing. You ready? You ready? You ready? All right, let's see it. What do I have? It's, it's like the biggest thing. <clears throat> okay. What? That's a globe. <laughs> so, your words create your world. Your words truly create your world. Let's go to this Proverbs here. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. You know, I've heard stories of people where they were talking, like their parents talked such destruction over them when they were young. And they grow up to have like autoimmune disease or bones aching and hurting. And just a prayer that breaks the words that were spoken over them brings complete healing. Because just the opposite is true. If kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body, that means when we use destructive words, supernaturally, spiritually, we're breaking down our world. Hello, we see it right now in the media. Division, running rampant. We break it down. No, 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 no. We're called to speak life. We're called to speak life and not death. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. We're not going to go to it. Write it down. There's a man in the Bible. His name is Jabez. And Jabez's name means pain. His mom had such a painful birth that she named him pain. Like, you, you caused me so much pain, so you'll be pain, a pain in my butt every day of my life. And it's almost like Jacob woke up one morning and said, 
that's not my world. I'm a blessed man. I'm a righteous man. God, that you would bless me, that you would increase me. God, that you would increase my territory. Give me influence across the land. So Jabez prayed this, and it says that God, he did it according to his prayer. Jabez prayed his world to be different. So we've got to speak life. We've got to speak life because truly our words create our worlds. And we have to be intentional with this, y'all. This, this is not, how do I say this? It takes intentionality to be mindful of what you're saying. If you allow it, we're going to get to this, but if you allow it, the Holy Spirit will literally stop you in a moment. Lean into that. So that you can come at the situation the right way. Because every word is being formed to either destroy you or to give you life. We see it in Genesis. Go read it, chapter 1. God even gave Adam the ability to name. He had reign and dominion. Our words create our world. What we speak, it'll either come to pass or it can destroy you. Highlight wasn't even a thing in Florida when we lived there. We didn't see you by faces. We didn't know your names. But God spoke a word. And he said, call it into action. Speak it by faith. Create the world that I want in Gaithersburg, in Montgomery County. It's going to be called Highlight Church. And then you're going to move, and you're going to do what you need to do. And then I'm going to grow the team. And we're going to go from the number that we started with at 14 to where we are now. And we're going to continue to impact the world because that's the calling that God has given us. But had we tapped out because I couldn't find a job? Had we given up and just told the U-Haul company, forget it? We wouldn't be here. We, made to make, we had to make the right decisions at the right time, and our words were creating our world. And number four, you can't do it alone. You need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, I was going to make this first, but I, 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 have to, I have to end with this. You need the Holy Spirit. Let's read this, John 16, 5 through 15. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. This is Jesus talking to all of us. He's talking to his disciples now. He says this in verse 6. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Because he's going to the cross. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. The Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So that's what he does when he's in you. He convicts you. He draws you to righteous living, right living, living that appeases God, that pleases God. Verse 9, the world's sin is that they refuse to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. That's big. Think about this. When the Holy Spirit comes in to convict you or lead you or show you, give you wisdom, 
that's coming from the heavenly realm. From a spiritual place. From Jesus himself. Verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I needed the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. And some of you are still battling to make that decision. It is the greatest decision that you can ever make to invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. When I tell you I was a drunk, I don't know how I was getting by taking care of my kid. I, I was on Adderall and anxiety pills just to make it through nursing school. It was bad. Call me a dope, whatever. Like, I needed the next pill to keep me awake, and then I needed the weekend parties to keep me going. I was broken, jumping from bed to bed. I was miserable. I remember waking up on my 24, like, I don't know how old I was, but it was a birthday of mine, and it was right before I, I gave my life to Jesus, and I was on the floor, and I said, this can't be life. I don't want to live like this anymore. My son deserves better. And then in steps the man, at Barnes and Nobles to ask me, do you know Jesus? <laughs> Y'all, that sent me on a journey of finding the Holy Spirit in which when he came, he washed me, he cleansed me, he renewed me, restored me. I could not be here where I am. My son, my oldest son, could not be experiencing the fullness of life that he is if it wasn't for me making the decision to give my life over to Jesus. So we can't do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit more than anything. And so some of us may be Christians and it's 20 years. You need a freshness of his wind, a freshness of his fire. And so I want us to just pray, bow our heads in this church, because there are some that are making that decision for the very first time. And I want us to be praying for them and agreeing, and maybe you're coming back to Christ, and you're just saying, I give it up. Give it up. You need the Holy Spirit. Let's pray this. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for hanging on that cross and dying for, for us, for me, for our sins. But Jesus, you didn't stay there. You rose on that third day. And now you've given us the promise of the Holy Spirit who will lead us in all truth, who will comfort us, who will guide us. So God, we're opening our hearts towards the heavens and we're asking Holy Spirit that you would come, that you would fill our hearts flood us. And God, maybe some of us, we do have the Holy Spirit. God, we need a freshness of your wind. We need a freshness of your fire. Send it to us, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate, church.